This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Bob Knight passed away at the age of 83 yesterday. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Somebody who perhaps knew every single aspect about Bob Knight better than anyone is Steve Alford, played for Bob Knight, won a national championship with Bob Knight, and obviously is turned into a terrific coach himself. And he joins us right now, the head coach at Nevada. And coach, it's Chris and Joe. We appreciate the time, and we appreciate you doing it uh, under these circumstances for sure. Uh, Let's just simply start here. For the person out there that is just coming to know of Bob Knight and didn't know anything about them about him. How would you explain who Bob Knight is? Um, uh, I, I think the best collegiate coach, um, the best mentor you could have, the best friends you could have. Um, I was incredibly blessed that he gave me the opportunity to play uh, at Indiana and be a part of his family. Um, the way he prepares you, the way he disciplines you. Um, the way he improves you daily by teaching you to compete every possession of every drill and teaching you about winning. Understanding losing uh, isn't fun and that you're expected to win. And those were traits that I think if you don't know about Coach Knight, those are traits that don't it's, it doesn't end between the lines. It's not just a, a 90, 94 by 50 deal. Um, those are things that I think all the players, managers, coaches, administrators that have been a part of his his culture, his family, um, have learned to take away from them. Whether you've gotten to business, whether you were a dad, a grandfather, um, a husband, uh, these all all these traits uh, helped you become a better man in all of those areas. Coach, you know, for the younger generations who are learning a lot more about Knight today given his passing yesterday, some might not be as familiar with your relationship with him. I mean, it wasn't just you showing up in Indiana and that's where you met him. It goes way back beyond that. When, when, when it was basketball camp, when you were a lot younger, can you take us through the, the evolution of your relationship with coach Knight? Yeah, I was in third grade. My dad was a high school coach at Martinsville high school. I was just 15 minutes up the road and First three, first grade through fourth grade, I was there. And so third and fourth grade, I went to coaches' camps before you could even go. So I've probably been to more coaches' camps other than his sons, Tim and Pat. Um, I've, I've been probably to more than anybody because I went two years early because my dad was the coach and he allowed um, him to bring me, his son, to camp. And uh, so meeting him for the first time, and obviously you're talking about he wasn't uh, on campus more than maybe six months before he's going to a final four. And then several years later in 76, he's not just winning it, but he's perfect. Uh, the last perfect team to go through college basketball. And with the parity today, it might, that might stand for decades. And so he was just this iconic figure um, early in my childhood. And when we moved to Newcastle when I was in fifth grade, um, and I first went into that gym, 10,000, the largest and finest in the world, or high school gymnasiums, um, I, I just wanted to try to be as as good, like, be good enough that my dad put me on the varsity team, and be good enough that I could have a chance to play at Indiana one day. And uh, for those two dreams to come true uh, meant the world to me. 
Steve Alford, head coach at Nevada, helping us remember the life and legacy of Bob Knight. He, of course, played for Bob Knight at Indiana. Uh, a lot was made about your relationship after you left Indiana. Except, separate fact from fiction here about what things were like between you and Coach Knight. Well, they were tremendous. I, I got um, he was so instrumental, uh, help helping me as I went off to the Dallas Mavericks. I was a second round pick. Um, I was not on a guaranteed contract. They're going to have to cut another individual just to keep me. So he was great in explaining how hard that was going to be, how difficult it was going to be. And I was just off the national title run and um, you know, all the things that had happened to me at Indiana. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to have to do all this just to make a team. And he was so right. And so he helped me navigate going from collegiate to the NBA um, and then when I got out of the NBA, uh, we became pregnant with our first child and we wanted to settle down and I was kind of a journeyman and I just wanted to get into coaching. My dad was a coach and knew that that was something I wanted to get into. And Manchester was my first job. And he invited our team down to sit in the practice, sit into film sessions. I, my first D one job was Missouri state, uh, so Southwest Missouri state at the time. And he put us in his classic, which doesn't happen all the time, and our guys got a chance to go back and play two games in Assembly Hall. Um, then I got the job at Iowa, and, and that's where I think media blew out of proportion a little bit um, because of things that were going on at Indiana, and I'm at Iowa, and you know this is going to happen. And I can remember calling him up and like, Coach, you know where I'm at. I, I, I love you deeply. There is nothing I would ever do. Uh, than other than just to support you. And I, I hate that the media is trying to put this device between us. Um, uh, and I hope that never happens. And he was so gracious. Um, people made a big deal out of the handshake the first time I went back to uh, Assembly Hall. And if you remember right, uh, if you can recall and remember right, the only time he's walked a different route in Assembly Hall was that day. He came in the back way and met me at my bench and just diffused the uh, – uh, blown out, way blown out of proportion handshake. And um, just the love that he showed me, um, I, I, he was really responsible for getting me the New Mexico job uh, and moving me and my family west and having that experience. Um, he has just been an incredible friend um, ever since I left. Now, we were both in the same league, and so there were a lot of things that were made about um, that situation, but um, he's never stopped being a, a great friend of mine. You know, Jay Billis was telling a story about how, and I didn't know this, about how Knight never uh, drove with his seatbelt. So if you were in the car with him, you were always hearing that incessant beeping throughout the course, reminding him to put that on. I was wondering, you know, people like me, we know the big stories, the good, the bad and about Knight. You, you had been around him for so long. Is there a story that stands out to you, something that just resonates with you that isn't as well known that you could share with us? Well, going going off that story, uh, he was at Lubbock. He was at Texas Tech. I was in Albuquerque in New Mexico, so I'd go see him in the both in the spring and fall to sit down and um, and just study him, let him go into film sessions and help me. And so he said, uh, "Let's go to lunch." So and so I get in the car with him, and you got to remember, I'm probably in my 40s, so I've been out of school for at least a couple decades, and but that's the 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 figure he is i'm in the passenger seat and i click my belt he doesn't click his belt and it's about a 15 minute ride in lubbock to where we're going to lunch and he never clicked it and 
but me being who I am, the, I'm the I'm the player, I'm the student, he's the teacher. It was 15 minutes of hearing that, and I never once said, <laughs> hey, coach, are you going to put your seatbelt on? <laughs> I never once addressed that. But now it's hilarious because when I when I take my dad somewhere, you know, sometimes he's in the passenger seat, and um, I'll look, and it, it's buzzing. I'm like, hey, Coach Knight, can you put your seatbelt on? <laughs> so whoever I ride with, I, I tell him, I call him Coach Knight, put your seatbelt on. Um, but I'd go see him every, twice, at least twice a year, and we're sitting in the film room there in, at Texas Tech, and I think he gets tired of just being in the film room. He goes, you know what? See, we can sit here and talk basketball, or we can go shoot some birds and talk basketball. I'm like, Coach, I, I'm from Newcastle, Indiana. I've never hunted my life. I, I never – picked up a gun in my life he goes oh you're gonna love it and about that time a manager comes in and i got brand new shoes brand new sweat brand new gear um and the next thing i know we're climbing over this fence uh into pasture big texas steers are moving and i'm like coach what are we doing he goes they'll move they'll move <laughs> and the next, next thing i know i'm sitting on a 10 gallon bucket trying to talk about defense and drills and things I need to be doing. And in mid-sentence, he stands up and goes right across me because birds had come on the wire. And I'd, ne- I'd never been a part of anything like that before. It was the best basketball clinic and the scariest basketball clinic I'd ever been involved in in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Steve Alford, the head coach at Nevada, with us, uh, remembering Bob Knight. Um there are plenty of detractors out there, and Bob Knight, listen, if we're honest about it, gave them plenty of material for which to operate with. So what do you say to the detractors about Bob Knight's coaching style, about the way that he went about things? Yeah, I, you know, I think um, that's everybody, you know, I, I could tell you what Coach had to say about opinions, but I, I won't go there. Um, but everybody's entitled to their opinion. And I think unless you've, you've been there and you've done it now, we've had players in coach Knight's program that have left. It wasn't, it wasn't right for them. And I, I would venture to say the vast majority of those players, I've had a couple reach out to me in the last 24 hours, um, you know, talking about how they wish they wouldn't have left. Um, it, it's, it's not for, it may not be for everybody. Um, but I do know just from my standpoint, um, he made me a better player. He made me a better man. Um, I'm better in all ways. Uh, every aspect of who I am as a, as a man, he had an impact on. And he was a mentor of mine. That doesn't mean it wasn't easy. Uh, but I understood my dad taught me well. And he prepared me very well to understand what he is saying. Maybe not how he's saying it all the time, but what he is saying. And when I understood what he was saying, that's when I had growth. And we talk about culture today. We talk about this culture and that culture. And I don't think I ever heard Coach Knight in my four years, including an Olympic experience and around the world experience, ever mention the word culture. Uh, From day one, you understood what environment you were in. You were in Coach Knight's environment, Coach Knight's family, Coach Knight's program, and it was his way. And he was going to – that was going to be what it was, and you understood it, and it was a winning way. It was not an easy way, uh, but there was no shortcuts. He respected the game more than any coach. 
uh, at the collegiate level that I've ever met or known. Uh, he never cheated the game. Um, I posed for a calendar. I thought I was doing the right thing. It was for handicapped girls to go to camp. But I didn't. I didn't pass it through compliance, and it was my mistake. And I didn't even. It didn't even dawn on me that that would be an NCAA violation. And I missed the Kentucky game for it. There's a lot of coaches that probably would try to circumvent that. Hey, try to convince the NCAA make it a different game, not Kentucky on the road. Or hey, is this really a, a bad a bad thing that he's done? The next year the rule would go away. And he didn't do that. Uh, I had to own up to it. Uh, it was my mistake for not checking into it. And it hurt me, but it also hurt the team. And it was a lesson well learned. So he did things the right way. He might not have liked all the ways that he did it, but it was who coach was. And he didn't deviate from it. He told us from day one, uh, you're going to go to class every day. You miss a class, we're going to have issues. When I was there, I was there four years. I saw him kick some, a very prominent player that was a key contributor to us kick, a, kick off the team because he didn't attend the class in the summer. In the summer, didn't attend the class. Um, he had his way of doing things, and he was going to make sure you understood education first, that you were going to be a student athlete, and through that, met some tough things that you had to do as a player and do as a student, and I appreciate those things. Steve, well, you painted the picture brilliantly. We really appreciate it, and uh, certainly uh, we appreciate you spending this time uh, with us during this difficult time. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. That's Steve Alford, head coach at Nevada, remembering Bob Knight. It's Carla versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. The Golden State Warriors have won four in a row. You don't want to miss what they're attributing their success to. That's next. Carlin vs. Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We'll walk it up. Off the screen. Curry at midcourt. They're going to trap him. Feeds over to Draymond. Draymond looks, looks, finds Thompson with three, with two, with one. The jumper's up. Good! Point two to go! Clay 
I tell you what, that is going to be, if it's not already, it's going to be one of the really good rivalries in the NBA this year between the Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. It's Carla versus Joe on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Warriors uh, win at 102-101. That's 95-7 the game out in uh, the Bay Area, your old stomping grounds. Uh, four and one, Golden State is now. They have won four in a row. And listen, I, I'm I'm fascinated by this from Draymond because, listen, and Draymond is never shy about saying anything. But just take a listen to Draymond Green uh, discussing this year's team versus last year's team. Last year we had an awful team as far as chemistry goes. Um, it was pathetic. It was hard to come to work. Um, not fun, you know. Uh, and so this year you see the joy, you know, on guys' face when they come in the building. And you're like, okay, this is a group that likes being together. And I think, you know, we're, we're trying to build on that, and that'll be a big key to our season. Joe, please, please take this. <laughs> please. <laughs> I, I think what he's referring to is very obviously the culture that had been fractured last year versus all the other years. Because when Steve Kerr first got there and took over from Mark Jackson and the dynasty run started, it's always been the big three of Curry, Thompson, and Draymond, but great veteran leaders and role player guys, Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, Mo Buckets, Leandro Barbosa, the, the, the list goes on and on. David Lee, the way he he accepted his reduced role that first year, it spoke to how much they had all bought in. Those guys got along very well, and the success speaks for that. Last year was very different, and a lot of it can be appointed or attributed to what happened between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole right before the season started, with Draymond you know, public punching Jordan Poole in that video going public. Stephen A. Smith, I think, said this best on first take this morning, so I'll just use his words as I paraphrase, but... He's hoping that there's more to this quote and more to this clip than what we heard and that the more being Draymond accepting his responsibility and his role in causing that culture problem last year because him punching Jordan Poole, that was the problem. That was a big, big problem and reason why they had issues. Again, like him getting suspended for that game in the finals because of what happened with LeBron. Like, maybe they don't lose the championship because of that, but it played a huge role. Like, there are a lot of great things he's done for that organization, but there are a lot of things that he's done to set them back or to affect them adversely. And that was one last year. He's supposed to be in that veteran leadership role. He might might not like what Poole has to say or what he's up to. That's fine, but it's on you as a leader to work through that in a way other than punching the guy in the face, causing a huge scandal for your team, and then ultimately affecting you. And it was obvious in how they performed on the road last year. Golden State was never a bad road team during this dynasty run. Never. Last year, they went 11-30 and 30 on the road. Uh, the only teams in the Western Conference that were worse were Houston and San Antonio. Two teams that were drafting at the top, they weren't in the playoffs like the Warriors were. When you're not winning on the road, that speaks to the culture, right? Sometimes it can speak to the talent, but that was not an issue with Golden State. When you're on the road, the families aren't with you. It's just the guys. You're bonding, right? The distractions of being at home, people asking for tickets, all that other stuff, they're not there. You're on the road. It's basketball and your, and your teammates. And if you perform that poorly on the road in the one outlier of all those years in the dynasty, that speaks to guys not getting along. And that speaks directly to that Draymond Green, Jordan Poole situation. At best, Draymond Green is tolerated. At best. 
And when you think about how that unfolded last year, it was Draymond Green specifically not liking one guy. And then getting into it with him about him and then punching about. And next thing you know, all hell's breaking loose on their season and it falls apart on them. If Jordan Poole had played better last year, would he still be here? He might be. They have gone out of their way to do everything for Draymond Green because we all recognize what his value is as a player. But there are times where that starts to wear thin. And when I hear him talk like this and basically point the finger at the entire thing at Jordan Poole, it just speaks to the incredible lack of self-awareness that he has. So to me, the tolerance that goes on of Draymond, well, it clearly, clearly has an expiration date. And the way he talks now, that better not be this year. Because Draymond is supposed to be not the heartbeat of that team, but he clearly is the guy that sets the tone of what the mentality is of the team or what the temperature really more appropriately is of the team, Joe, based on what you're talking about, not winning on the road, those kinds of things, how everybody's feeling in that group about each other. You can't have a volatile individual being the person who determines that. And it's not making a direct comparison, but the Bulls brought in Dennis Rodman, and they could tolerate Dennis Rodman because he was not the one who set the temperature of what the team was. You cannot allow Draymond Green to be that guy who's playing with the thermostat. Now, to to Green's, I'm not going to say to his credit, but to present the other side of the story here, Jordan Poole was a big problem last year. All right. He was a huge problem. He got paid and then he didn't deliver. Exactly. And that is a major issue because that's a franchise that all their championship success, that championship success, Steph, Clay, Draymond are generally the face of it. But there are many other players that have played key roles throughout. JaVale McGee would give you five good minutes off the bench to change up pace. Andre Iguodala, obviously notoriously winning the MVP award in the finals the first year they won. Sean Livingston, like I can go on and on about some of these names and the roles these guys have played. And the ones I'm not saying, I feel bad because there are so many. Jordan Poole, with that contract, was supposed to be one of those guys. He was getting paid like a star. They weren't asking him to be a star. They just needed him to give good minutes because you can't bank on Steph dropping 50 every single night. And against Sacramento, Poole went MIA. MIA last year, he was completely, completely off the grid. And then they got to the next series against the Lakers, and the Warriors couldn't even play him anymore. That's how bad it was. You can't hand some guy $100-plus plus million not ask him to be a star, and still not get anything out of him. Poole was a big part of that problem last year as well. Oh, I totally agree, but you and I both know if he had played better, he'd still be here. It, there's it a be chance about, of that. There's it, a chance of that. If he had played better, there's a chance. I still think they would have they would have pursued trading him because that rift was not going away. The thing with him and Draymond, there are issues that occur where, you know, guys have a rift and then somehow they get over it. Late in that year, there was a moment, there's a video clip that went viral. I think it was in the series against Sacramento. Poole was struggling, and as he was coming off the floor, Draymond tried to say something to him, and Poole just kind of gave him like the, the forearm push. And then Steph had to go after Poole to try to talk to him and calm him down. But, like, those two never got back on the same page. And I don't know if the organization was ready to part ways with Draymond Green. Listen, winning is the ultimate deodorant of all of it. I get that. 
I get completely what you're saying, and pool is absolutely a major part of the problem. But to sit there and listen to Draymond wash his hands of the whole thing is just remarkably insulting to us. It's Carla versus Joe on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Everybody's talking about two massive games in the NFL on Sunday, but there's another game that really should have everybody's attention. That is up next after Joe has this from our friends at Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Touchdown, Joe Burrow. Patrick Mahomes, best player. Joe Burrow's the best quarterback in football. Burrow. Touchdown, what a start. I try to leave a legacy wherever I go. He's everything we want to be about. So we take a lot of pride in having Joe Burrow as our quarterback. Try to leave a legacy of hard work and dedication. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Listen, there's a lot of discussion around the Dolphins, Chiefs, Eagles, Cowboys this weekend. Hey, don't forget Sunday Night Football. You have got the Bills and you have got the Cincinnati Bengals. And my partner, very under the radar, so to speak, I sense... Well, I shouldn't even say under the radar, but you have been a big Bengals, Joe Burrow guy all season long, even at 0-2, and he's limping all around the field. You have been on this train since day one again this year after going 0-2 for the second consecutive year. Explain yourself. I'm a bloodhound for opportunity. Mr. Carlin, a bloodhound for opportunity. And I'm telling you what, people are sleeping on the opportunity they have out there right now, just from a gambling perspective. All right? We'll get into some of this. But two bets. One bet I made this week and one bet I made last week. Last week, I played the Bengals to win the AFC at 15-1. to After they beat the Niners and moved to 10-1, to which is where it is now, I still think that's a pretty good price if you'd be interested in playing it. A bet I made this week, handsome wager at that, Joe Burrow to win the MVP is sitting there at 20 to one. I think that is mispriced. I think that over the next month, things are setting up to drastically change for how we view the Cincinnati Bengals. They've won three straight. They've won four of five, but they're four and three overall. And we started the season with a Joe Burrow injury and two losses to the Browns and the Ravens. And everyone kind of checked out and just thought, all right, we'll put Cincinnati on the back burner. It's probably not their year. They're right there, man. They're right there. They're four and three. And I thought things were going to change after they beat up on the Niners this past weekend, a game we picked on this show last week. We didn't say take the points. That was part of what we said. We said play a money line. They won that game outright. I thought the narrative was going to shift on the Bengals after that. It didn't. 
What people started talking about was the fact that the Niners had lost three straight. What's wrong with the Niners? This still creates huge opportunity for Cincinnati because this week, they've got Buffalo on Sunday night. This week, when they win this game, if when they win this game, they go to five and three. And if Joe Burrow plays big against the Niners and the Bills in back-to-back weeks, we are going to start talking once again about how legitimate this team is for a Super Bowl contender. The only problem I see is that I'm married into Bill's Mafia and my in-laws are in town and they're here right now and they're oh. downstairs and they might be able to hear me. So Sunday night, if I have all this money on Cincinnati and all these Cincinnati futures, I'm going to have to keep my fat mouth shut. Oh, man. Problems. That is, you You are playing a dangerous game right there, my friend. Yeah, yeah. we're right on the razor's edge right here. Right on the razor's edge. So yeah. I, I've got to be very careful. They're here. They're helping with the house, all this stuff. I'm quiet right now, but I got to tell you, I see opportunity here. I mean, what, what, look, when we talk about, but don't Burrow they understand? You got to pay the mortgage. Sometimes, you know, they're, you're going to make an omelet. You got to crack a few eggs. People got to understand. They've been losing for a long time in Buffalo. One more year at my personal financial gain is not going to hurt anybody. Okay? Exactly. One more year at my personal financial gain, not going to hurt anybody. But I want you to look at the story that could develop around Burrow, the narrative, as we call it in sports betting. When they were struggling early in the year, he was hurt. Very much you can tie the losing to his performance and you can tie his performance to his injury. Now they're winning and they're beating good teams and he's healthy. That is the picture of a value. When he's hurt, they struggle. When he's healthy, they win. That's value. That's the demonstration of it. And having never won this award before with voters loving to pick the new hot flavor, I got to tell you, I just think there's opportunity here. 20 to 1. Where am I wrong? Poke the holes in my my thesis here. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't. And as I'm looking at it, the guys who are in front of him right now, I can't make the argument to take any of them over Burrow. It's Mahomes. It's Jalen Hurts. It's Tua. It's Lamar. It's Josh Allen. It's Trevor Lawrence. Right now, I can't make the argument outside of what the prices say, okay? Right. I'm talking about what's actually going on on the field. This sounds like real, true value and opportunity to me. I Listen, you know me. I have not been pro-Bengal because their schedule has bothered me for the rest of the way. And Correct. how many times can you t- continue to dig out of that 0-2 hole to make something special happen? But I have to admit it when it's headed in that direction at some point, don't I? I mean, and why not admit it trying to make money? Well, let's look at the guys in front of him right now, okay? He's tied. He's right behind Christian McCaffrey at 14-1. to That's not going to happen. They've lost three straight. That's he's over. a running back. That's, that's over. Such a, that's such a hard – I know he puts up the numbers, but it's just so hard to convince the voters that he's that much more valuable than a guy like Tua or Mahomes, right? If McCaffrey misses a game, the Niners can still win. If Mahomes is down, it's over, right? Josh Allen, 13-1. to Okay, I understand that. They need to win a lot of games, though. They but need I to win a lot of games. Them. Listen, Saki. look at them. Look at them. We talk about this all the time. I do not trust them. I do not trust them. And I, in some instances, I don't trust him. And I think there will be too many of those losses, uh, to your point about being the one or two seed and where the MVP comes from. There you go. Uh, Lamar Jackson plus 550. Lamar Jackson has this season put up some brilliant statistical performances. He has also put up some absolute clunkers. 
The consistency is an issue. Mahomes is plus 450. We know his value. He probably just always is the most valuable player in the the NFL like Brady was. But again, you could lose your third game this weekend against Miami. And if they are a step back from what we remember, it's going to be hard to win another one of these awards when voters go through what we call voter fatigue. There is going, speaking of narratives with that, there is going to come one in the coming weeks they lose this week of, hey, Mahomes isn't Mahomes this year all of a sudden. Yeah. That's and coming. he has to t- to win an MVP. He almost has to top himself. How can he top himself year after year after year when he sets the bar so incredibly high? You look at Jalen Hurts then plus four fifty. I don't get that one. I don't know why he's sitting up there. I know it's because the Eagles are the one seed in the NFC. I like Hurts. A lot of fumbles this year. A lot of mistakes this year. His stats, just from a statistical standpoint are not there. And then there's Tua, who very much deserves everything that's coming his way. He stayed healthy. He's won a bunch of games. The one thing he's going to need for his candidacy, he's going to have to take out a, he's going to have to go big game hunting at some point. You're going to have to beat a real team. You, you lost to Buffalo, fine. You lost to Philly, fine. You got the Chiefs this weekend. You lose that game, everyone's going to say, nice story when the schoolyard bully has a chance to beat up on Carolina and the Giants. But against the big boys, if you can't win, you can't be the most valuable player. You convinced me, I'm in. <laughs> it didn't take much. You, you're riding so high off that Rangers World Series win. I could have told you Justin Herbert and the Chargers are going to win the Super Bowl you'd be in. Now you're being ridiculous. <laughs> you must be here for the uh, trivia challenge. Do you have the answer to this week's trivia question? Oh, I love trivia. What's up, boys? It's hammer time. This is the Himbo Hammer. All right, here we go. Hembo Hammer every Thursday at this time. Last week, uh, I believe, did I get it last week? I think I did. I believe I did. Uh, I, wanna, I know you nailed it two weeks ago. I think last week you had narrowed down the three that were in contention, and I think you got it then as well. You got right. it last week. Joe had the great game plan of he would go with one answer, you would go with another one because you were debating between two. So Joe took one for the team. Great teammate. You got it right technically, Carlin. All yeah, right. so Carlin's hot. He's hit at, least, at two in a row or at least two of three. And I'm a champion now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Life, is, life has changed. The big fellas glowing changed. this morning. They don't tell you that, Joe. They don't tell you that when you do it. They don't tell you how much life changes. <laughs> Let's get to today's question. Hi, right, boys. It's hammer time. And your question this week is this. Who is the last Eagles quarterback to beat the Cowboys twice in a season? Good luck. Ah, who is the last Eagles quarterback to beat the Cowboys twice in a season? We will uh, marinate over that and get you an answer next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You must be here for the uh, trivia challenge. Do you have the answer to this week's trivia question? Oh, I love trivia. What's up, boys? It's Hammer Time. This is the Himbo Hammer. Well, we got the question moments ago. Let us hear it one more time from the hammer. All right, boys, it's hammer time. And your question this week is this. Who is the last Eagles quarterback to beat the Cowboys twice in a season? Good luck. Uh, That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, My first thought went to Wentz in 2017, but of course he got hurt. And I think they had the... uh, I think they had the Cowboys late in the year that year. Where are you coming down on this as an Eagles fan? 
There's a lot. The injuries have derailed you a bit. And like last year, Hurts didn't play in the second game and they lost that one. And the Cowboys thought it was some huge win. Like, congratulations. You beat the Minshew Eagles, not the the Hurts Eagles, but whatever. So you got to work through that. McCarthy's won 12 games each of the last two years. Before that, they were down, but the Eagles were also down that year. So I'm sitting here realizing I'm about to get embarrassed because it's my team and I should know this. I come to two names. I come to Kevin Cobb and I come to Michael Vick and I'm leaning to Michael Vick. I feel like for some reason that I, I, I think I'm close yeah. on it. I know McNabb did it, but I think that's way too, too, far, too far gone. So I'm, I'm leaning the Vic, but I'm willing to work it through with you if you want to come up with a couple answers and try to claim that the show got it right. I, I just can't bring myself to say Kevin Cobb. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. I, do you want to go Vic? I'm not saying you 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 have well, to. Well, but go you're pop. the Eagles fan. I, and I'm you're just throwing it out there. I way. think Vic should be one of the two guesses. And on principle, I can't go Donovan McNabb. I'm not a McNabb guy. So even if it's right, even if it's right, that's how you would rather the spite be wrong because you're not a McNabb guy. That's how strong the spite is in my heart. Oh my god! It's not a spite, but I, I'm just not. It's something. If it's not spite, it's something, and it right, stinks so is, it is what spite, it does. But there, I have no reason to actually spite him. You know, I'm supposed to work with you every Friday on this pick'em contest. I can't have this being the logic and the rationale for for what we're doing. Don't worry. I need a better not, thought process here. No, don't worry. This is not embarrassing anybody else. This is only embarrassing ourselves, okay? <laughs> so, all right, listen. I'll you're leaning Vic, Vic. You take whoever you like. You, no, 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 no. You're leaning Vic. We go Vic. We're going Vic as a team? All right, well, I don't have a feel, admittedly. I don't. Just get a second option out there so we Fine, can at least Hembo, Hembo wants us both to get it wrong. Let's place. Let's institute some game Fine. here. Fine, McNabb. I'll take it. We'll find out if my spite is right for, not, for taking it, and I was going to get burned here for doing it. So let's find out your answer. The correct answer is Michael Vick. Yes. <laughs> Michael Vick did that yes. in 2011. Yes. Good job by you. Terrible job by you forcing me to take McNabb when I no. told you I shouldn't take him out of spite. Show win. Stop being such an eye guy. You just won a World Series yesterday, and I'm cheering for you in the process. Stop, stop being an eye guy. Be a team guy. I cheered along your win last week. This is not a me win. This is an us win. It's us against Hembo. What are you doing? No, it Why are you getting a, so banged up? No, it is an us win. And I take it as an us win. But I hate the fact that I picked McNabb. <laughs> that part actually satisfies me a little bit. Exactly. Because, yeah, you know I do why? Like the fact that you Spite. really. That's why. You can't feel good right now. That, that's, <laughs> that's a double win for me. The old double whammy. It's the old loss. parlay just hit. It's a loss for Hembo, and that's all that matters. Yeah, yes, Hembo that's went a great down. point. That's what I'm looking at. You've been carrying me. I, this is that. the first time I got one right. Show's been on for three months. Let us bond on that. Hembo, dead wrong. Boom. We got him. Beat it, Hembo. Hit the bricks, loser. That's right. All right. Maybe that's a little strong. Yeah. Carl- he's been, he is a pretty nice guy. He is a really good guy. So picture of him meeting Jason Kelsey last night. He had to absolutely love that. Maybe, maybe you know, listen, my team was a championship. I show up to work today. Hembo was off today. <laughs> that's all I can tell you. I don't know what the hell he was up to, but the picture looked good. It Picture looked real good. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Uh, you know what it is time for, Joseph? It What's is that? time for a little Wimby Watch. There's a new superstar in the NBA. Wimby, the deep catch, the turn, and the flush. 
season, Colin versus Joe have their eyes on Victor Wimbenyama. That was so, so special. This is Wimby Watch. It's Victor Wimbenyama Day. <laughs> That's never getting old. I got to stop banging the table, but that was just funny. It made me laugh. <laughs> All right, so we got some pizza money here, right? <laughs> yep. All right, two pizza monies that pertain to this game tonight between the Spurs and the Suns. Number one, we're going to go under 226 total points. These two just played a couple nights ago, all right? They scored 229 points in that game, but go inside the box score. They combined to shoot 42% from three-point range. The best team in the NBA in three-point shooting last year shot about 38%. So combined, they were 4% better than the best team last year, and it still only got them over this total, 226, by three points. I predict regression. We're going under 226 points. Now to Wemby Watch. Anyone who's been listening to this show knows four games in, we're four for four betting Wemby over turnovers. Game one, it was one and a half, we went over. Games two and three, it was two and a half, we went over. Game four the other night, we said it on this show, it was a total heat check. It was now up to three and a half. We thought, let's see how hot we are, we'll bet it over again. He had four turnovers in the first 18 minutes of the game. So now we're at three and a half turnovers again, Carlin, but the over juice is minus 175, which is really getting up there. Minus 175 means you risk $175 to win 100. I feel like we still got to do it. I feel like it's another heat check shot. So it's an official pizza money play. Once again, fifth game in a row, Wembenyama over this time, three and a half assists, minus 175. Wow. What do you think? Would you do it? I mean, listen, uh, why not? Because it is a heat check. Uh, I said just, assist, excuse me. Handman just jumped in and said I said assist. It's turnovers. Turnovers. Turnovers is the bet. Yeah. Turnovers has been the bet from the beginning. Turnovers now. Thank you, Handman. Yes. No, it, 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 it is turnovers. That has been the bet that has hit for Joe of late. Uh, listen, I, obviously they're catching on, but at the same time, if there's money to be had, there's money to be had. And sometimes it's a little bit less than you would like. So at minus 175, do I hate the price? I do. I do. We got any uh, alternate spreads? Something like Alter- that? Alternate turnover spreads? Yeah. <laughs> Good God. You're a man after my heart. I, I'm, I mean, perhaps. I, do we, can we go that deep? Five and a half? Can here? I get plus 110? You know, something like that. Let's take a look here. I, I mean, they do alternates on on the casual uh, stats like points and rebounds and assists. I don't know about. I mean, yeah. this is we're really getting down there. We might be Mike, the only people in the world trying to look for this bet. Yeah, and honestly, then this is where I'm getting irresponsible. If I start to look for this, and then I'm counting on six turnovers from somebody like that is, you talk about rooting uh, rooting for the negative. That is really rough. Right. Uh, where we use ESPN bet, uh, we do not have an alternate. It is minus 175, mm-hmm. but I applaud you for thinking outside the box like that. And also, I want to make something clear. We love this kid. We love watching him. We just found a bet that happens yeah. to hit a lot. And I know it's anti Wembenyama, but this show is very pro Wembenyama. I want to make that clear. Exactly. We love watching him play. And we love it more when we have bet on turnovers and he turns it over. So, yes, yes. Exactly. Yeah, like win the game, but turn the ball over. That's what we're hoping for. We are complicated figures, but we are figures who are looking to make you money, too. And that's really the most important thing in the end, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.